Self-improvement's only gonna take us so far. Unless we know who Christ is, who we are in Christ, even our self-improvement can only go so far, even just you know, in a worldly means. But to know that you are in Christ, a lot of stuff has to happen. There's a, there's a big response that needs to come from you that, that um, comes with everyone who believes and everyone who follows Christ. Following Christ is a costly manner. There's a lot of things in this world that you will give up because the, you know that that's not, that's not pleasing to the God who created you for something greater. I want to read you some, some just a passage of verses. It's Romans 8, 1 through 8. It's probably where I'll stop. This is uh, de- debatably some of the richest condensed gospel uh, passages of the Bible, so I'll try to break it down. It'll sound kind of, you know, some of the Bible's hard to uh, understand, or even just the wording of it. It's kind of weird sometimes when you're not reg- regularly reading it. But uh, I'm going to try to break it down best I can. So Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So even just that verse by itself could be taught. You could teach a whole sermon on that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, this isn't a free pass to, to heaven, a free pass to uh, you know, eternal uh, salvation with God, to just everyone who's a good person. No, no, for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, what does that mean, the law? Literally mean not just the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were like a, uh, a summary, per se, or a condensed version of God's requirements. And remember, God's law, um, which there's in the Old Testament, there's multiple, multiple laws about lots of stuff. And a lot of stuff that doesn't apply to us in the sense of like how to sacrifice certain, you know, um, sacrifices, you know, lambs and goats and bulls. Um, they would actually, they would, there has to be bloodshed for the atonement of sins because sin is a big, it's a big deal. It's a serious matter. And so that was kind of the physical way for God's people back in the day before Christ. It was, it was a way to represent like, this is the seriousness of sin. You have to kill this innocent animal to atone for your sin. But what that law revealed and what God meant by that saying like, these simple worldly laws, you guys can't obey to perfection. So you have no, no merit to stand before me in any confidence whatsoever. But in Christ Jesus, Christ came to fulfill all the law, which means this is why the Old Testament, there's still lots of good in the Old Testament and lots to learn and lots to dig into from the Old Testament. But the law, we're not under that law anymore. We are under the law of Christ, which is when we follow him and we seek after him and love him with all of our hearts and glorify him in all that we do, then the perfectness the righteousness, the glory of Christ becomes ours. Not because of anything we have done or can ever do or will ever do. Simply God's grace on us. And only to those who he's chosen. How do you know he's chosen you? Well, you follow him for the rest of your life faithfully. So, verse 3. For God has done with the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So God the Father sent God the Son in the flesh, all right? This is the, the very God who made everything. He sent himself. Because remember, God is one. 
uh, in, in three distinct persons. It's a mystery that, you know, we might not ever understand even when we're in heaven because it's, it's just, you know, if God was comprehensible completely, then he would cease to be God because he wouldn't be that amazing. So God sent his son in the weakness of the very flesh that we're in, experiencing every temptation and hunger, pain and thirst. So verse three is just saying that Christ was able to live out the life that we couldn't, the perfect sin, sinless life. And verse four, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See right there, we are only in Christ if we are living out the life that Christ commands from us. Being obedient to God isn't a, a work. We're not, we're not working for our salvation. It's an evidence of our salvation. We are only following Christ if it shows in our life, right? It's a response to the love that he has already shown us. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. I know this every day still because when I'm not focused on Christ, I'm focused on myself. I'm focusing, focused on the, the greed and the lusts and the every other pleasure in my mind that's destroying me and keeping me self-focused and utter destruction if I stayed there and dissatisfaction and, and, and anger and, and, and just the, the depressions of the world, they can, you can feel them when you're not focused on Christ and the things of the Spirit. And there's so many inexhaustible truths that there are about God. Verse 6, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So when we live with that mindset of Christ, when we live with that mindset of eternity you know at the at the end of our lives which we don't know then when that is then that is when we are free when we are at peace when we begin to even be able to have whatever self-help or self-improvement that we're so striving for the only real self-help we can have is dying to ourselves which we are called to do as well which means dying to our own desires because as we become closer to Christ, our desires change to what Christ really wants for us. Verse 7, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when we are living our life our way and doing whatever we want to do, it's only proving that we are a slave to our own flesh. We are a slave to our own desires, which means we are a slave to this world. We are a slave to the enemies of God, which means we will perish with the enemies of God in the end. So you see how, you know, having the free will, I put those in quote, not quotation marks, but yeah, I guess quotation marks, free will is really not free at all because it leads to death. You know, we're a slave in that way. Now, the Bible calls us, when we are in Christ, we are a slave to Christ or a slave to righteousness. Slave simply meaning what we obey. Who are we listening to? Because when we are a slave to Christ, we are free. We will be free forever. We will be uh, happy servants of God forever. So the second part is to start changing our mindset of not, you know, what, what are we going to do in our lives? What is our, what would we put here on earth for um, what does God want for my life? All these questions that uh, at the root aren't bad, but to be completely honest, are pretty worthless because we're all called to the same thing. If you are, if chosen by God, and you know you're chosen by God because you believe in him, accept him, love him, and follow him forever, then you know you were chosen by God. 
And with that means that now you're not the most important thing. You're not the center of the universe. You now are living to make disciples, to know God and to make him known is your entire life. So the more you learn, the more you love, the more you have faith, the more you share, the more you care about turning other people to Christ. And I know that's going to sound, that sounds really weird when you're not living like that. Now you're like, wait a second, that's just a completely different life that I had envisioned or even want to envision. But that's what the Christian life looks like. We're not concerned with ourselves. We're concerned with our own faith and our own salvation of growth and sanctification, meaning being used, being uh, what we were created for. We are doing what we were created for. And that is to know God and to make him known. That's our only concern with ourselves. Other than that, it's all about other people saving other lives, turning this worldly, God, pleasure-seeking, self-consumed drive, you know, of, of earning things in this life that needs to, to die. You know, we need to die, die, die to those desires and get on, get on with Christ. I love you.